Why, hello, hello, hello to all my lovely friends out there in podcast land. How are you? I hope you're having a great week, a great start to the week, a great evening, a great morning. You know, just feeling overall great. Uh, I'm Leon, and I'll be joined shortly by my friends, Ed, Adele, and Motsi. And if you haven't clued in yet, this is the podcast Plot Mechanics. Yes, that's right. The Plot Mechanics, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, our favorite movies, um, movies in general. But this week, we are going to talk about one of the greatest action films in the last decade, and that is 2011's The Raid, directed by Gareth Evans and starring a whole host of absolutely talented actors and, more specifically, talented martial artists and stunt coordinators. This movie revolutionized fight scenes in action films. Uh, You might notice some of the actors from, say, the John Wick series direction and... Uh, choreography from the John Wick series, Birds of Prey, uh, Netflix's Daredevil series. Uh, it's it's an absolutely fantastic film. So, heads up, spoiler alert. Um, after that, please sit back and enjoy. And we will also be doing the second part of the raid, which will be a great uh, addition to this. So it's our first ever two-parter. So, sit back, relax, enjoy the conversation as me, Ed, and Motsis get into this fantastic film enjoy we are talking some action raid so once again what's up everybody how's it going to podcast with podcast land hope you all doing good uh once again uh this is plot mechanics i'm leon i am joined by my uh lovely beautiful friends i'm ed i'm adil and i'm Motsi. and this week we are talking about the raid um non-stop action essentially in the raid so uh i'm sure i'm sure you guys have seen this before right i assume so i had it a while ago it's funny the raid it's also called the raid redemption in the raid north america redemption, yeah. and i always thought the raid redemption was part two yeah <laughs> same right because it just makes yeah. sense to have a name called the raid redemption but yeah, I mean, well, that that was even then that was a mistranslation, right? Because I'm pretty sure like the um, Indonesian name, because it's an Indonesian film, was supposed to be. I remember my notes. There was some um, weird, there was some weird legal issue uh, in the states with Sony Pictures that they couldn't secure the rights to just the raid, so they had to call it the Raid Redemption. Uh, since that, since then, like I remember when this premiered at. Tiff uh, Midnight Madness in 2011. It was it was marketed as the raid, and I think as time has gone on, it's just been called the raid. Um, mm. When I watched it, they yeah they completely did not have the, the redemption subtitle there, on it yeah. anymore. It was just the raid. So mm. who knows? Maybe they were able to fix that. So. Yeah, most people call it the raid. It's called Ser- Serbuan Maut, I think. Yeah, that's what it, that was. Yeah. That's what the Which original means the deadly raid. The deadly raid. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So. Um, guys and gal, uh, mm-hmm. impressions of this film. <laughs> what do you What are you thinking? Go ahead, Mods. Oh, okay. Uh, my first time watching it. Um, going in, so I knew it was you know known for its action scenes, and that was what I was expecting and stuff. And when I <laughs> at the beginning of the film, up to about the middle of the film, I had basically decided that I didn't like it um, because it was hitting a little too close to home. Um, it was very much like, let's just say, having a random police force raid a building for drugs and then start killing people 
hits a little too close to home, <laughs> especially when everyone looks like me and it's a Southeast Asian country. And even the, even like it, even the language, um, Bahasa is so close to Filipino. Like it's like, you know, when you hear something and somebody's saying like nonsense English, but you think they're speaking English, that's how I felt when I was listening. Um, I felt like they were speaking Filipino. So the whole time, and it, it reminded me of another film. So I'll, I'll, I'll get to this quickly, but like it reminded me of another film that was made in the Philippines that was similar except it was completely pro-Duterte fascist police propaganda. And everyone agreed that it was bad. And so while this was happening, and of course this happened in 2011, so it was like way before this was even a big thing, but watching it now, I was like, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't, I, I want, I actually want the protagonist to lose and die. So that was not like a good way to enter a movie. And like, yeah, for the first chunk of the movie, I, I feel like anyone who, has like that kind of context would also want the protagonist to die because they went in like basically as the bad guys and then like as you go on as you start like crystallizing who the main characters are and like who these people are I started really like obviously I appreciated the fight scenes like I as as with anyone like they are very well done fight scenes but then as you start like learning more about the characters I was hooked like I really liked I, I so by the end I, I can say I really like this movie which is uh, even better because I started out hating it. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I felt about this movie, like as, an, as a general summary. Yeah, was there a cat meowing in the background there? There was a cat meowing there in was? the background. It's uh, like, pay wants, attention to, to me. <laughs> yeah, um, listen, in this podcast, uh, we have a new member. Her name's Lily, and she wants to talk to you. <laughs> and she's cute every now and then. She's going to be like, this is what I yeah, feel. Yeah, she's going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with Matsi. <laughs> um, yeah, you agree, uh, Matsi, about the cat or the movie? Uh, well, what about the cat? I mean, Matsi has <laughs> Matsi has contacts that I did not have, you know. So I don't. I I'm I'm watching this movie like, oh, That's they're going straight. like, yeah, it's like it's like a rundown slum building run by gangsters. This, I I I'm sitting here in my suburban condo. You know where there's brick, there's Mercedes in the garage, so I don't know anything about this. But uh, I I'm a huge martial arts fan. Like I I love martial arts just in general. Um, you know, like Bruce Lee is one of my idols and all that stuff. So like, I'm I'm it. I was itching for a good martial arts film back in 2011. Like I just wanted one, and so I remember the hype around this film coming out of uh, Toronto, uh, out of TIFF, uh, how popular this film was uh, then. And then when it finally got its uh, North American release, it was this was like a day one movie like for me and some of my friends. And so I, I saw it and I loved it back then and I still love it now. It's just nonstop action. And but it's 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 action done the way I like seeing action, especially when it comes to martial arts. These uh, these are people that know their craft. And this was definitely a movie that was designed to showcase that um, I I. I know for Gareth Evans, this movie was not the original intention. Like he didn't intend to make this movie. He wanted to make a movie called Berendal. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, but he couldn't secure the funding for it. And that movie was actually going to go into police corruption and all of this stuff, like gang corruption, like all of that. But he couldn't secure the rights to it. So he dumbed it down. Well, not dumbed it down, but he like scaled it back, made it very like, you know, like a like a suspense action film and he made the raid and then Barandal got funded and he released it as the raid too so this one for what it was for a very bare bones plot i loved 
all the fighting in this it was just just masterfully done so i, I had a blast beginning to end uh for myself i, th- I think it's it's a it's a pretty good film it's i enjoyed most of it i'll admit some parts i was kind of bored because it gets and i have the same problem with the john wick films at some point it's just fighting and fighting and fighting and if you're not really into that kind of martial arts it gets a little tedious gets a little boring and feels a little repetitive i know they're trying different combinations in the end for me just like okay wrap it up guys <laughs> but that said doesn't mean the movie's not good uh, it's just not that kind of thing is just not for me necessarily i mean i do like the film i enjoyed most of it but the long action scenes like that uh not necessarily for me that said i think the story is pretty interesting i think it's what it tries to do is is pretty compelling and there are some moments of suspense in there which we'll get into that are very very well made so um yeah i'd still recommend the film mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean uh for me i have i it's the almost the exact opposite of Adil, and i 100 percent agree with mozzi i remember just watching me i was like man fuck the police i don't care about them yeah. and, <laughs> and then and then they get picked off one by one and i'm like Ooh, oh okay <laughs> i was like except that police officer i like him and then yeah. he survives, and I was like, "Cool, yeah." This is the movie about how much I like police. Is about how I like that dude who happens to be a police officer. Exactly. Everyone else, I don't care about. This is like watching Double Dragon the movie. Um, <laughs> like, I just want to see this guy go after score after score of henchmen to get to the main boss, and then find out he's being double crossed. It's literally an NES video game that somebody <laughs> decided to make into a feature-length film, and it's great. Um, and then on the opposite of the deal, I I really like um, long fight scenes because for after a while, I start looking for like the technique. I start looking for the stunt doubles, seeing how they're taking hits. I like seeing how they're like you know reacting and and like I love watching stunt work. Like I, I loved watching Jackie Chan. I loved watching even even old school stuff like Buster Keaton. I loved watching stunt work. And, like, these guys are an absolute master of both martial arts and stunt work. Like, they mm-hmm. they are doing some real cool stunts, whether it be, you know, uh, being suplexed through tables or out windows or or the dude who gets suplexed and then falls off the railing and then lands on his back. <laughs> and you, I paused it. I was like, is that CG? Maybe. I think so. I don't know. It's just, it's just really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, like, yeah. like Oh yeah. So well, I I understand where Adil's coming from. Like, yes. the action has to be ex- like for me, the action has to be exciting. It can go on for a while. Like the action in Transformers: Age of Extinction goes on for a long time. Uh, but man, that's oh, boring. That is boring as as all hell. Whereas this one, it's it's different because, like you said, it like I I love watching these like good martial arts films where the people are really good at their craft. And obviously, in this case. Um, you know, these guys are masters at it. I, I don't know about this film, but I know for the raid two, they basically like they were meeting up and choreographing for six months prior to shooting because they knew that they were going to be doing full contact fighting. And I know, I know for this one, they were doing full contact as well, where it's like, um, you're going like, you're hitting the person. And so they had to establish the trust um, you know, that, that even if someone hit a little too hard, that wasn't, they weren't going to take it personal. It was going to be like, the, we're, we're doing this for mm-hmm. the scene. We know things can get a little out of hand because we're trying to get these moves down. Right. Um, so I, I know for that, that was that, that, 
that in itself, that level level of dedication, I think I just had so much adm admiration for. And I know that a lot of that fighting style, like this martial arts style was used in John Wick 3 uh, because they used two of the guys from the movie <laughs> to fight. So a lot of that was, <laughs> was taken there. And so I thought that was really cool. Another thing I just wanted to add was that all of the guns in this movie were airsoft guns, all the muzzle flashes, all of the bullet casings, all yep. of that was added digitally afterwards. See? There is no reason why you should have live guns prop guns being fired at people on set the raid proves that it can be done and done as convincingly with with airsoft guns just saying just saying yeah the controversy i think everyone is now talking about with uh alec baldwin and stuff and the the idea that hollywood in their head was like well we can't have fake guns with a revolver because then the, the blanks show so they just decided to not care and like this movie had a couple of revolvers. Yeah. This movie also had a million dollar budget, by the way. You don't get much more lower budget than that. It's not necessarily a Hollywood problem. It's a, depends on, there aren't guidelines or rules that prevent it. So some productions just choose to go that way. Certain producers, certain yeah. likes, yes, mm, yeah. so for sure. Um, on, on a similar, on, on a related note, I do want to ask you guys, because this was in my head the whole time. And I wanted to ask you guys, because in some martial arts movies, you know, they established everyone's a martial arts master or something like that. It's like Shaolin themed or something, you know, all that stuff. So when people start like whipping out the martial arts, it's very much in the world of the movie. For this one, what did you guys think when a bunch of people started just do just whipping out martial arts in the middle of an urban setting? Because I have, because I want to say something about that, but I do want to like, I kind of want to um, just like I, I, I will have something to say about that, but I do want to know what you guys think because I want to know your your so, your you know what your your thoughts on that. I I thought the same thing because I was just like at, at like the first I was like that's kind of racist. Maybe they're all just martial artists, <laughs> but then like but then like going going through it, I was just like you know what? So watching it carefully, the henchmen that uh, Talmo sent to fight to go after them are henchmen. The mm -hmm. random people that come out of their apartment get punched in the throat and fall over. So watching it carefully, it was just like, oh, mm -hmm. everyone that this dude hired was a martial artist. Uh -huh. Everyone who's just like free rent and comes out of the rooms, they get beat up real quick. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> like, yeah. Real quick. That's fair. That's fair. And also, no, yeah, um, what about other thoughts? Like for, for myself, like mm -hmm. I'm somewhere in between. So it's, yes, they get beat up a little more easily, but at the same time, they all have the same style of <laughs> martial arts. And, and for me, it's, I don't, I don't mind it. It's, it's the world. It's, it's the world they've created. It's the mm -hmm. world that exists within the context of these movies. Mm -hmm. Fine with it. I'm not going to contest That's it. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. No, because I have something to say about that. But first, Ed, and then I, think, I will. So for me, um, what I noticed was that not, everybody in the world is versed in martial arts like the henchmen definitely don't have the, the training that that the main characters do mm -hmm. um the the ones like obviously that the ones that definitely knew martial arts was rama and, and jaka mm -hmm. mad dog and andy, andy. andy and, yeah. and but that was that was interesting because like like he didn't start busting it out so like at the very end right yes <laughs> so. andy was just like oh well, he can do it too <laughs> yeah okay. so so i think for that and and obviously yeah and mad dog i think i said as well mad so, dog's the best, and, yeah. and and obviously yeah. rama's brother so it was like andy is, is rama's brother isn't he oh yeah. is it yeah 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 club that's all i know who who was the guy that um um 
Tom that, that was with uh, Dagu the whole time. That that cop. That other oh. cop. Chaka? Yeah. Oh, the one who got shot? The yeah. one who got oh, shot? Yes, Boa? spoilers. Yeah, the one that got shot. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, Boa. But, um, yeah, Boa. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he, so they all were the ones that knew martial arts. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone else didn't seem to have as, have, as, as much yeah. training. So for most, like, from most of that, I believe, because obviously Mad Dog and, and Andy, you would have to have them well-trained in martial arts. Um, and then Jaka and Rama, because they, uh, Jaka, because he's like a, he's like a higher up, you know, start, uh, uh, squad leader and then Rama obviously because he you saw him he practicing does, yeah. he, you saw him practicing yeah. so he knows what's up mm-hmm. so so those were the ones that I noticed the most yeah um, I didn't really see anybody else that well versed in it though so it could have been I, I did yeah. see like different different levels of knowledge in terms of how mm-hmm. well they were in, in, in terms of that yeah so. the reason I bring this the, up the is can't fight. yeah um yeah it's true uh so do you guys know the name of this martial art because I I don't have the name exactly on hand but I am familiar with it. Penchak. I'm just trying to pronounce it right. Penchak Salat, I think, is how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Penchak Salat. It's an indigenous st- uh, style of uh, martial arts in Indonesia. Okay, so and the reason popular. I bring it up, yeah, yeah it, it's so funny because um, you know, like when I saw it, I was thinking, like, no, this is normal. Because when I was, because so here's a funny, fun, fun fact. And you guys have seen the random stick that I have here in my house, <laughs> this martial arts stick that I sometimes carry and just like swing around. Um, it. Oh, what I was Kali thinking, stick? huh? What's that? Your Kali stick? My Kali, Kali stick? stick, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So here's the thing. I'm not a martial arts expert, but if somebody tried to get into my home, I would start whipping out the Kali moves and start like swinging the way I was taught. Because in my mind, when I was watching this, I'm like, oh, okay, it's very similar to how, because. In, in the Philippines, um, Kali is a national sport and everyone gets to learn it in grade school and high school. So everyone knows a martial art just by virtue of going to school. And even then, like there are also something called um, street Kali where people learn it on the street and just fight each other on the street and just brawl, but with Kali moves on the street. And in my mind, I was like, okay, so Rama and, um, <laughs> and um, Andy and all these guys are just like, yeah, street Cali, like they just, yeah, they're just doing their own thing on the street because, you know, they just do. And when I was watching all this happen and people just randomly um, drawing ballos under from under their table, I'm just like, yeah, no, that's normal. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I was also like, apparently in Indonesia too, this is a, this is an extracurricular activity that's taught in most schools. So it wouldn't, exactly. be, it wouldn't be uncommon for people to just naturally know it. Exactly. Nothing. Like it's, it's, it's just like, it's just slightly above realism, but the fact that everyone's just like, yeah, like just whipping out their, their, their martial arts move. I'm just like, yeah, no, that's fine. Everyone's got a, bo- a random bolo that that's believable. <laughs> but anyway, going into the actual plot of which there is um, a light spattering. Yeah. I mean, I mean, okay. The, the plot, the plot is very, I guess, action heavy. So, I mean, so basically it, all, it starts off with uh, rookie officer Rama, uh, being asked to join a 20-man squad led by Sergeant Jaka and Lieutenant Weihu uh, on a raid in the apartment block uh, with interest, with the intent of arresting the crime lord Tama. So together, the, his, his lieutenants, Andy and Mad Dog, uh, crime lord Tama essentially seems almost ready for the police when the 20-man squad uh, shows up. Uh, it is discovered that a runner... It must have been like a 12 or 13 year old kid, one of the two, uh, alerts the crime boss via PA before getting shot in the neck. 
once the cops are, once the Prime Lord notices the cops are there, he then goes on the PA and offers everyone in his building uh, that if you manage to kill a cop, you get free rent for life. And thus the hunt is on for all of the cops. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the first kind of start before we get into any like why like what's going on with the plot but again most of it's just notable scenes that happen in action uh the kid getting shot in the neck through the door it's kind of mm -hmm. dope cg special effects um uh the initial you know light the shoot one bullet and then the muzzle flash shows all the shadows everyone watching the cops before all the gunfire takes place I'm like oh that's kind of a cool scene uh and then realizing uh the acting surprisingly this part was was surprisingly good when all the cops slowly realize that they're screwed <laughs> and like you could just see it on their faces when gunfire breaks out um but yeah what do you what do you guys think of the first little bit up into the uh initial gunfight in the stairwell well i love the way that the movie opens it's just solid throws you right in yeah. throws you right in and it's like it's got the time the the, the, the clock he's praying um and then you just see like quick cuts of him like being like a family man but also like this ruthless killer where like uh, the the way he's practicing and i thought that was really smartly done where it's like it, it shows you visually that this guy has in, in literally 20 seconds it shows you this guy's got a lot to lose he's got a family um and and his wife's got a baby on the way and he's about to go into this thing like this world and so like or right before the t title sequence is like we we're, we're introduced to this guy in his life, and I think that was really efficiently uh, done. I liked the. It is kind of exposition heavy, but I mean, it, we have to we have to have it. It's like when when they're in and Jaka's just basically explaining the whole plot, what they're doing there, um, and then again, efficient cutting right to uh, Tama executing people we don't really know why they're he's executing him but, but his brutality is and how much he he love he he enjoys killing is, is obviously shown and then yeah like like just the way that that like like the way that it's accurately portraying a raid happening how these squads act like you know from the communication to the sign the signs that they give each other all really well done um the way that they are so efficient at taking out certain people up to a certain point again done really well and then obviously when that kid gets shot and then the way that one of those cops just looks at the the red dot and the way it focuses on his face he even knows he's like oh crap like we're dead and and all, all economical storytelling and all done visually so even though this movie's mostly fighting what for the story that it's that it's telling i i thought it was just efficiently and effectively very well done you were saying like i agree with everything you said except for uh, when you said is exposition heavy i don't think that seems particularly exposition heavy because it's it makes sense for them to get that information then it also builds up the tension at the same time so it, it achieves two things uh, yeah. exposition is necessary in film oh i don't so think it's, it's a bad thing here i right, don't think yeah. it's a bad thing here it's, yeah it's okay. natural and it works yeah and, and and the way they did it was really good the my only complaint about the beginning and it not it, it's not really felt at the beginning but later on is that i wish we had seen learned a little more about the bond that relates rama to some of the others uh for example especially the guy who who gets uh who gets injured and then needs to to hide with him because uh and you do have a, like a quick interaction at the beginning 
but I wish there was something a little more like uh, in there just to build up the tension a little more and, and create like higher the stakes a little more when that guy is got that guy's life is it at risk but apart from that I think the, the beginning is really really effective and efficient like you said and uh the the world building the tension building is really really well done mm-hmm. yeah and like i said like from the beginning it, it, it I, all of what you guys said correct um but i also it is like the kind of beginning where they throw you right in and my first thought was i want these cops to fail and die <laughs> um and the it's it's actually like yeah it's it's wonderfully done where you don't like even though you don't learn about certain like relationships until much later you know, like certain reveals, it feels effective because what they do is they show you, but they don't say anything. It's like, they show you that, ooh, um, he's paying attention. Like, why is he paying attention to this one guy? You know, like with um, with Andy, like he, with Andy, he likes, he pays attention. I think, I forgot which part of the film this was, but Andy takes notice of one of the officers and you're like, okay, why? You know, like they're, they're like, it, it doesn't say anything until it does. And I think like that, that does, so much like uh, heavy lifting for the storytelling and also like you know guy just like shoots a kid and like you're like okay well they're all gonna die and in my mind I was like okay this is gonna happen and the fact that you kind of fall in love with the characters without like them being established in that like they're they're established very quickly and you learn which characters you're rooting for as as the action's already happening is such good storytelling no you you're talking about you, we not we don't the the cops look at uh, look like the bad guys to you, but I don't think it's just to you. I think it's to to everybody, especially with uh, Wainu, 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 the yeah, the guy yeah. who organized the yeah. whole thing. Wainu, uh, yeah, yeah, he murdered he murdered that poor dude watching TV for no reason. He he when all the other cops were watching, they were handcuffing residents before mm-hmm. they got caught. But the one dude just sitting there watching TV. Yeah, they garroted they garroted him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm just right. <laughs> I'm just like. Mm. This guy is a cop, but he's the cop that I expect from cop behavior. So like when that, because that was the first interaction they had with civilians. So immediately I'm just like Mafia. I was like, oh, uh, no one likes cops. Like when I first saw him, I'm like, I don't like cops. Cops are the worst. I don't want to watch a pro cop movie. And then the cop kills the one. I was like, oh, I see what you're doing here. You painted the cops as bad people. Here we go. Yeah, And, and now like, it's just. Yeah. And I think it's like very effective in that way. I like the fact that, yeah, they, they, they start out with that kind of like, with that kind of pointing out, this is bad, this is all bad. And even the guy who, um, like even without saying anything, the guy who who's trying to get medicine to his wife, you know, like he's like, he's only following orders because he, not because he trusts police, like none of them do. And clearly he's a normal person and he doesn't trust these cops. And like, you know, it, it's, it's very well established. And like, obviously I have like context that allows me to kind of just understand that, nope, this is all bad. But as they go on, it's it's so it's a smart story, storytelling. Like um, even though, for some people, maybe only Wei who's the bad one. But like you know, for in general, all those dudes are not supposed to be there, and the only ones you end up feeling sympathy for are, like, three three cops out of twenty, where one guy wants to make sure his pe- his men come back alive, and the other guy, who like shows himself to be basically the hero of the story later. So yeah. It's, it's really interesting for me the, the one thing that kind of sold this this opening scene and and before all the, the 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 chaos goes down they did a masterful job of without even showing it um that the cops were outnumbered 
Like when you know that there are 20 people on this squad, but for every time they turn the corner, there's like four people in a room here. There's five people in a room here. There's cameras everywhere. And I'm like, yo, if this guy has like 200 men strong, 20 years is 200 is not, is not in your favor. And they did such a good job of building that, that tension right up until they had to release it, which is really well done. I think that was smart too because that I think that was why they were trying to be so quick and and quiet going up the floors which is what they were showing like the precision that the cops had in the targets and getting the targets that they had and everything. So I thought that was done well. I think they knew that once that they that they were spotted. That's when they knew I think they knew going ahead of time that they were outnumbered and I think that's why they had to they had to do everything so quickly. And then you find out later on when the, when they're like, oh, we need to call for backup now, and it's like, oh, backup's not coming because we weren't supposed to be here in the first place. And then you're like, oh, yeah. I see, yeah, this is illegal. Okay, okay. When the sh- when the kid gets shot through the door, it reveals that Yu is really just a piece of shit. He's willing to kill a, <laughs> yeah. kill a child basically just mm-hmm. to just because he he wants to accomplish whatever he wants to accomplish. And that as well adds to the complexity of the story without saying much. Mm-hmm. Right? This is what I like. So this is, okay, I'll say I like it, but I'm just saying like, when you have a character and then he does something so uh, um, so heinous as to murder a child, immediately you're just like, this is a real <laughs> bad dude. Like there was, there was no hesitation as to who was the worst in this movie because you did some like if you have it's the same thing i think you know what the john wick took a lot of this like you have someone kill a dog immediately that person's like yep you're the bad guy that's the just, monster just kid the neck yep you're a bad guy that's the monster and like it is it is the difference between setting up a antagonist and a villain and this movie i think the villain is wahoo the lieutenant and and the antagonist is just the crime lord who wants to have his his operation is the opposite of the law. That's it. He's like, I, I don't really care about the cops. I just want to be a crime lord. I'm not a good person. But the villain, that's way who. It's like you know the goal at the end is taking down the crime lord, but behind you're like, but this guy is the real the real danger. And I think yes, yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like, and so, so the next, the next part of the movie, pretty much what ends up happening is after they all get spotted and opens fire, uh, within, I'd say 10 minutes of the movie out of the 20 people cop out of the 20 cops, I'd say about 13 of them get murdered fairly quickly. Cops on the outside get jumped by, uh, people with Uzis and, and M4s and kill those guys in the car, co- in the car. The whole bunch of cops get murdered when they just get shot at from the balcony I think maybe six or seven managed to escape the hallway. And then all of a sudden, when they're all cornered, they look down one hallway and they hear, you know, hundreds of footsteps. They look down the hallway, they hear hundreds of footsteps. And it's it's just a mad rush to the closest apartment. And it it is it is chaos. So um, this part of the story basically what ends up happening is the remaining maybe seven or eight cops uh, barely fight their way through a hallway. Which is one of the one of the greatest uh, fight scenes in cinematic history. Um, there's pretty much the raid, old boy, John Wick, and this. Um, they get into a room when it's about five of the other cops or so, uh, and Rama being again showing through, showing not telling that he's very in, in ingenuitive. Ingenuitive? That's not the right word. Ingenious. In, smart. 
ingenious. There we go. That's the word. Um, that he's he's so he's so ingenious. He's like, all right, look, we're cornered. There's guys coming in. You can't go near the windows because another cop just got shot. This guy just got shot. We got to do this smart. And he he makes just a bomb, uh, blows up the front door, uh, takes an axe, bl- cuts a hole in the ground, and then jumps to a lower floor to get cover, um, which then the other cops that go down there also get rushed and murdered real quick. Um, and eventually, after escaping through the skin of their teeth, um, finds out that one of his friends is injured and trying to get to safety. Um, Rama remembers the poor is it Indian man, or he's just native Indonesian. Uh, Indian, the, yeah, the, the, the civilian that they that, with a wife. Yeah, yeah. civilian. Uh, so Rama basically remembers that this guy seems to be the very nice dude. Uh, and proceeds to uh, find his apartment to help him and Boho out, who was shot and trying to recover. Uh, afterwards, uh, the crime lord Tama's goons come into the room, uh, hassle the civilian, and have one of the most tension failed scenes I've seen in an action movie in a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like, so just, just a little, just to add, like, um, Rama and his friend and uh, the three remaining other cops, including the Lieutenant uh, Jaka and the third dude whose name I keep forgetting, um, they got separated. So yeah, like two, now you're following like two separate like moments um, in, this, in this film. And yeah, like the, the tension building was really excellent in that scene where basically the, old, the, the civilian hides them in the wall and, um, and uh, the goons start like searching the place and start stabbing the wall in a very fantastic and scary um, scene. I, I do, so, you know, other than, you know, my moral issues at the beginning of the film, um, I did have one major issue with this film that fortunately did not go, th- go on throughout the entire film, but it was like camera shaking, a lot of camera shaking. At some point I was like, am I imagining this? But no, like, I mean, obviously they had an actual cameraman on hand, like following the action, but I believe it was like, in that fight with the multiple cops where that ended with the bomb, the camera was shaking so much that I was just like, what's happening? What's happening? My head hurts. What's happening? But yeah, other than that, like, it's a small thing. It doesn't, like, ruin the, it doesn't ruin the film, you know, but it does, like, ruin at least, like, maybe one or two moments and scenes. We've seen Quantum of Solace. This camera so, yeah, is pretty, pretty stable. This camera is pretty stable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's really yeah. just, like, one Quantum or two scenes. Solace. It's not, not a major thing. But yeah. Yeah, it's not like Michael Bay's Transformers where it's just like <laughs> shake, 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 robot, shake, 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 punch, shake, 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 human, shake, 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 <laughs> robot. Um, even with the camera shaking, I could still follow the action. That's true. And yeah, I yeah. Think yeah. That they they is... had stage it very well. It's not shaking. Yeah, and I think that, that just falls on. It's shaking with a purpose. Yeah, it's just not stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that falls onto to the fight choreography. I think that was very much like the camera. The camera guy knew, okay, this punch is coming from this angle, and even so the handheld, like, he knows yeah. how to. Yeah, he knows how to follow the action. So even though it's not stable, the the camera movements are such following the action that it, although it can be jolting, it's not jarring to what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not a born movie. <laughs> Absolutely oh, Born, not. Born actually oh, does pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's the 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 copycats that don't do it well. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so oh, that's in wire and all those. Yeah, the scene in between the walls is is really good because it builds it up. 
again, like you have when they are hiding, you see the the wall bending and the guy looking at it like, fuck, we're already kind of screwed. And then it's there and the guy comes closer to the wall, just pauses. And you think like most movies would just have him come closer and then move away. But then he starts stabbing into it and that that's that machete keeps coming closer and closer you think well it's gonna stop just in front and it goes through and cuts the guy's cheek rama's cheek and then and then you start thinking when he pulls that out he's gonna see blood on it so again another example in this film where they actually build up the tension and escalate it throughout Mm -hmm. and i i didn't realize that so when you said like we pull it out he's gonna put blood on it i actually thought he was preventing it from like slicing his cheek again when he pulls it out because it was literally in his cheek and they left the the later but then now that you mention it that is actually really genius because when he pulls it out because it's in rama's cheek like it's literally in the skin and the guy stops for a second to like threaten the civilian and rama takes that time to to push the blade out of his cheek and when you mentioned that you might see the blood i didn't realize what rama was doing but when he puts it out of his cheek and the guy pulls the blade out. He, he, it's still between his fingers, but it slides, you know, like safely. And I just realized the reason he still had it in his fingers instead of letting it go was to wipe the blood off as it was coming out. Yep. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, that's actually really even more genius than that mm-hmm. scene already was. Mm-hmm. So that's actually really cool. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> no, no. I, I, the, the one thing I like about that scene too is, is that, is afterwards like after they leave and and then he has a little pep talk with rama and he's like yeah you might be a good cop but same thing like in enforcing the the enforcing the theme you might be a good cop you might have good cops on your on your honest cops on your on your crew but you are not here to do good i've seen Mm -hmm. that guy around i know what he's here for and he's like, I've opened the door to save you. I would not have done that for somebody else. And I think that that, again, it's just the way that they, one, they build incredible suspense in that scene because they show just how much that these criminals actually don't care about the, the people that live there, like the good, honest people that live there. They just treat them like crap and whatever they did, they, they barge in the house whenever they feel like it um, without any regard for what's going on inside. Uh, and I thought that the, that scene sequence was done extremely well, very, very suspenseful, very well, well crafted. And uh, Mati brought up the very good point about him wiping the blood off. And yeah, so for me, great, again, great economical, efficient storytelling that this thing does. I know it wants to get to the fight scenes. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but, um, but to build the story, it, it it's effective. Like the scenes where it's building the story are effective. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not that the, it's not like the, the 10 minutes that it's, spent on fighting isn't earned you know so Mm -hmm. and yeah like um even though i said the plot is light the story is not like the story is so like thoughtful and thought-provoking and so defined it's so well defined it reminds me a little bit of mad max fury road in which again like when you talk about the plot there it's actually quite light like it's literally just chase it's like a long form chase scene but the story is very deep. And I think this, this movie does exactly the same thing. It's a very action-heavy movie, but the story is very like well thought out. Everything it tells is very important. And it's like kind of, and it earns its action. And I do want to say this is the moment in this movie where I stopped hating 
like where where I like stopped hating it because when that man said like you're not doing a like something like humanitarian like you're not doing something good or whatever like you're the job you're doing right now is not good it kind of delineates like um showing that yeah these guys may be like there's a gang living in this building but your cops are just also a gang like you are basically a, a people's militia for somebody else's interests and you just so happen to be a good guy who got caught up in all this and then and then they then they like introduce the brother aspect so like it's 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 so it's such smart storytelling and i'm so glad it's not like just pro cop propaganda like movies that have come after it anyway yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like so so after after uh Rama escapes or leaves the room and leaves uh, his friends Boa with him to, you know, not bleed out and die. Uh, we get introduced to another hallway fight scene. Uh, one where the dude gets uh, face suplexed through a broken door, which is uh, just so, so good. It, it, it's, there's always action movies you're just like, ooh! Yeah. That, that was one of those moments. Um, <laughs> he was like, oh shit, this guy got murked. Um, and and one of the things in in the following scenes is it shows that even though this guy's fighting through floor through floor through floor, uh, in this live action roguelike game, uh, he is he is not invincible, and we start to see him wear and get tired and get hit more until he manages to stumble through after having a very harrowing fight scene and out of a hallway, uh, Andy uh, pulls him in. Uh, and and he discovers that his long lost brother uh, is one of the crime bosses' uh, henchmen. Now we're watching this movie. We are like, yeah, this guy's got cameras everywhere. So we like, as as viewers, we're like, oh, this guy's gonna get found out. Like, we don't know what's gonna happen, but he's sick. He basically saves him. In short, basically says, you know, like, hey, you're gonna be an uncle. Here's a little pep talk. Um, you know, catch up. I couldn't find you. It's it's something that was a, a conversation that I'm really glad didn't last any longer than the six sentences it did, um, because the movie wasn't about it. It was just like, here's an anecdote about this character who is important. All right, have a good day. Um, so eventually, uh, the split group. So uh, Lieutenant Weyu, uh, Sergeant Jaka, and who was the other cop that was with them? The one who gets. One of them. And like another cop that was with them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that guy. Yeah. They, enter, they enter a hallway and uh, we get to see uh, Mad Dog, who is one of the most perfect like martial arts television fight or movie fighters uh, of the last, I don't know, two decades, maybe. Um, and Mad Dog beats the snot out of uh, Sergeant Jaka um, and just says he likes to do it for the fight, uh, which was a fantastic uh, fight scene um, before both uh, Jock after Jocka murders him, drags him out to the elevator. Jocka um, gets murdered. Meets up with Jocka gets murdered, um, and then Andy and Mad Dog drag uh, Jocka's dead, broken body up to uh, Tama to have a conversation about how many cops are left. At this point, it is six out of the twenty. Um, yeah, we'll. we'll now, what's really cool about like this six? this following scene? Uh, it was it was it was supposed to be five. So Andy's is five, and then um, Tom was like, "Yeah, no, mm, it's, it's three, six. I think, yeah. Here's video. 
yeah, here's a video of you talking to the dude that you just saved. So uh, there's that guy. So he's there. So instead of killing him right away, uh, Tomo stabs him in the hand and essentially says, you know, I'm going to kill him in front of you because clearly he means something to you. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, like, uh, I, I really liked how invested you get in the, in the two brothers. Like, it's a twist that in any other movie would be so cheap. But in this one, it's kind of just like they did build it up, just never saying it. They never said anything about it, but they built it up with how you, like you're, you're wondering why Andy is like acting the way he is. Andy kills like his two henchmen. And then just, you know, like it's a lot of like things that is foreshadowed. And so when you actually get to the point where they reveal like, oh, Andy and, um, and Rama are brothers, it doesn't feel jarring. And you understand that Rama came on this raid in the first place because he knew that Andy was one of the, was one of the um, right-hand men. Like it, it kind of like, it, um, it like reveals rather than like, it doesn't like order the events in a way where this is Andy and his brother Rama and blah, 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 blah. And now we're here. No, they're like, here are some characters. Oops, this one's important. Oops, uh, like, and now you get to see context to why he's this way. And like in that way, like it really like it, it, it unfolds rather than just like dropping things without any purpose. Everything, like every story element in this movie is with purpose. And I think that's what makes it so effective apart from being a um, showcase of very good martial arts. It's not, it's not a twist, right? That he's his brother. Yeah, it's more of a, a reveal. So yeah. it's, it's uh, from the first scene of the film, Rama does tell his wife like he's going to bring bring him back or something like that I'm it's his father the, it's the he goes to hug the father his father and the, right. fa the father so, yeah. says bring him home and they're like well who's he gonna bring home and then you kind of and then they they right. show it then on dc's rama on the on the the they focus on the 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 security cam then you're like oh yeah okay so there's right. a connection there yeah. yeah keep it two and two together like pretty much right away right so it's what the moment it happens it's not a twist it doesn't look like cheap or anything yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh yeah, the, the second, I think from this part, this is where the movie becomes a little predictable, at least to me. And that's where I think I got a little tired of the fight scenes because I could tell what the outcome was going to be in the end. When when Mad Dog is fighting Jaka, I know he's going to kill him. So you're going to give me five minutes of fighting. Sure, great choreography and everything, but I know what the outcome is going to be. So I'm not really necessarily feeling the tension. And and that I think from that point is where I started uh, the movie started losing me a little bit. Yeah, and like I get that, and I think like that was a hard call for the directors to make because like they want to show that Mad Dog is like formidable because we've never we, we've seen we've seen we know at some point Mad Dog is going to fight uh, Rama. It's gonna mm -hmm. happen. It's it's, it's a, he's a mini boss. We get it. Um, but we have no idea how good of a fighter Mad Dog is. Like we like for them to just for them to, to to have any suspense that Mad Dog would win that fight, it would take away the fact that Mad Dog has to fight Rama, which eventually happens. Well, it's two on one, and he still beats the mess out of them until he gets stabbed, and then he gets stabbed, beats missing more. So I mean, like it was it's really hard to set up. Um, a formidable opponent without that opponent taking out a stronger person. And I think, I think you're right in saying that's where it kind of lost you, but I have no idea how else they would have pulled that off. 
Personally, I think I would have preferred if he finished Jaka right away. I think that would be even scarier. If he, with no effort, the moment Jaka charges, he just flips him and kills him right there on the spot. We would not have the fight, but it's, I think that would have been scarier personally. I, I think it like narratively, it makes more sense the way they did it, just because one, they established, first of all, that he could have done that. He had a gun. Like he was, yeah, he different. had the upper hand. Yeah, no, but like the, he had the upper hand the whole time. And like he wanted to do it for fun. So, like, what that establishes is that he wants to fight and perhaps he wants to extend that fight for as long as he can before he delivers a killing blow. I think for him, this is like what he wants to do. It's not that he wants to beat this guy immediately, he wants to fight him and play like almost like a cat playing with its prey essentially so that's what they establish about his character so i understand like obviously it's understandable because this movie is like basically all fights <laughs> but at the same time like i do understand from a narrative standpoint that it, it like makes perfect sense for this character to show that not only is he amazing at fighting even though and it also shows that jaka is actually quite good at fighting he's very good at fighting he's just not to the level that mad dog is and to show that Mad Dog's amazing, to show that Mad Dog loves the fight, to show that he's sadistic, et cetera. It's, you know, so it's like, it. I, I understand what you mean, but at the same time, I think like from a narrative standpoint, it works quite well. And I think that's why a lot of this movie works very well because narrative, it's it serves the story quite narratively. And then like the last fight scene you get comes a little later where they meet, where they meet Mad Dog again. And they need two people to beat him, even though we have established <laughs> how, a weapon. Two people and a weapon to beat him, even though we've established how skillful um Rama is. So it, yeah, it's it, understandably like I think it's it's a I think it was well balanced. I think yeah. like but you did mention a deal it's not for you, which is totally fair, but I think like from even like narratively, I think it works out quite well. Yeah, you're hundred percent right, Adele, in 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 feeling that that reaction to you know oh you could just kill him um but i like i like the fact that they that they were like you know what no this guy is all about hubris like he, he thinks he's the best fighter and we need to prove that he's hubristic so he could shoot him in the face he could punch him in the hallway no he's gonna make sure he gets up he's gonna make sure this guy stretches make sure he's good and ready he's gonna fight him he's gonna help him up he's gonna say let's go like um, which is kind of funny because it feels like that also did translate into John Wick and having the same kind of personality of being like, I want to fight you. I'm going to help you up because this fight is so enjoyable to me. Um, but uh, yeah. And of course, so like at this point, the movie's pretty much, you you know that, you know that Andy is essentially going to be tortured uh, by uh, Tama and you know that Mad Dog is a formidable opponent. So uh, eventually, when they are, the Lieutenant and Rama are heading up to go uh, find uh, Tana, uh, Rama sees that his brother is being beat up by Mad Dog uh, and chained to the ceiling. So Rama, being a skilled fighter, goes in to go and fight Mad Dog. Mad Dog being the, I want a good fight, uh, unchains uh andy and decides to fight them two on one and then proceeds to beat the mess out of them two on one until the uh, andy gets lucky and stabs him in the neck with a broken light bulb in which case while stabbed in the neck mad dog still beats the mess out of them <laughs> two on one while bleeding severely from his neck <laughs> 
<laughs> until love mad gets, dog until rama gets a lucky kill because mad dog trips over a broken and beat up andy's body and then he and then he pushes the uh, glass further in his neck but essentially uh the dude who is the baddest fighter of them all uh held his own uh while bleeding severely and only lost because he tripped yeah, and because of hubris, essentially, yeah. And, like, and because of hubris. hubris. Yeah. He could have he murdered either of them at the beginning of the fight, no worry, because there's plenty of times where he kicked them in the head, and then he just, like, let them get up, and then he kicked them again, and I was like, yo, this guy's, this guy's no joke. Yeah. He doesn't care about, he doesn't care about survival. He just, he just loves the fight. Yeah, yeah. and it's That's very, what he, he loves. That's his rush. It, yeah. That's his rush. Like, mm-hmm. he, yeah. he had the upper hand, both times he had the upper hand, and he decided, nah, I don't care about that. I want to fight. And yeah. I'll take both of you on. And I don't think he cared if he died. Well, maybe he did a little bit, but at the same time, it's like he, he didn't think he would. He didn't yeah, think he would. Because yeah. he was, yeah, yeah, he was, he was stout. He was choking out uh, Rama um, while and very concussed. Um, Andy happened to get a lucky stab in the neck, uh, and then other than that, he, he would have he would have murdered them both, no problem, mm-hmm. if it wasn't just luck. Um, and while this fight's happening, um, the lieutenant and the other cop, who I cannot remember, some unnamed cop. Um, <laughs> he was an unnamed, but he <laughs> was the name or something. But yeah, other cop, let's call him. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm other so cop? sorry to the person. Right? <laughs> That's kind of his role. Is, is anyway. it Dagu, Dagu, right? Is uh, it Dagu? Uh, I think. I don't know. I think okay. The one with the lieutenant the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Dagu. Dagu. Yeah. That's the uh, one who, I was, who like just spontaneously knows martial arts like later on in the movie. Like they never established that earlier, but yeah. Oh yeah. Um, they get to they get to Tomo's uh like main office, and that's when you find out that the lieutenant uh is essentially um a double crosser. So he wanted to take out. He was sent on a contract to take out the crime lord. Uh, in which case, Thomas like, well, kind of. They just sent you here to die. You're not. You're 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 expendable. Um, in which case, before he says that, uh, Wahoo shoots uh, Dagu in the, in the head uh, and says he's going to take him captive and that he has to get out of here alive. Uh, Rama and Andy then find out that this is happening. Um, and while the arrogance of Tama is talking crap about how you guys are never getting out of here, blah, 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 he gets shot in the head very unsentimoniously, which is, you know, works um and tom or wahoo um learning that he's essentially doomed uh tries to shoot himself but runs out of bullets which is interesting because he had a revolver and through the entire movie he shot that thing six times so it was kind of cool that they actually kept that continuity throughout the entire movie and why he had no bullets when he went to go shoot himself i was like that's clever that's really clever um also Beyond was counting. I was counting too, <laughs> I, and it, again, it was because of the the second I saw he had a revolver. Because okay, here's the thing: anytime you see a revolver outside of a western, expect that bullet count is going to come into effect. Every other gun in every other action movie, except for John Wick, is allowed to have infinite ammo. That's just how action movies work. But the second you see a revolver, you're like six shots. Six bullets, yeah. Six bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a Western, that is like a guaranteed action movie thing 
it just have infinite ammo unless this plot serves, but or or it, unless it like jams, like that's all So like the fact that they the fact that they showed the revolver at the beginning of the movie, I was just like, I wonder if they're gonna do this, and they and they held it through. Like, I mean, it's not saying it's not Chekhov's gun, but it's pretty close to being like this is gonna be an important part of the film, and you only really notice it if you know like revolvers only have six bullets yeah. um yeah and then and then realizing that he's out of ammo they handcuff him and andy and uh, go, goes and gets boho who's been healing in this uh civilian's apartment uh and they walk out of the complex mm-hmm. uh then with the the kingpin is dead and andy can't go with him because andy uh, knows that he is essentially has to live in this underground uh society because uh, there's no way that he can be protected from, you know, the law the second he steps out of that gate. Um, and then the movie ends with Rama being arrested, or with Rama arresting Wahoo. And yeah, then- yeah, it's a, it's a smart conclusion. And I think that, you know, Andy basically says, like, I'm a somebody here. You know, I've made, I've built my life. So we, I'm not going to come back, you know, and, yeah. and, and it's, and it's a respectable, um, it's a respectable way that the characters grow. Um, also, at the end, he gives him and he gives Rama a bunch of recordings that have like the dealings that Tama made with the corrupt officers. And he's like, hey, go to this officer. Um, he's a good guy. He's kind of a good guy. And that will lead into the raid, too. Mm-hmm. And basically, yeah. we'll pick off right there. So, that, I, yeah. yeah. And I th- that conclusion, I'm so sorry. Um, go, you ahead. go ahead, Adil, and I'll go after. Thank you. I, I was surprised that my dog died. I thought I thought he was gonna be back in the second one, and then when he actually died, I'm like, oh man! It's okay, the act, <laughs> the actor is back in the second one, just different character. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good to know. I mean, oh, I, I they didn't know that, Ed, and I was just like, oh, you're gonna be you're gonna wait for it. Like they had no idea. Ed. Hey, uh, when I watched when I watched the raid two, I thought it was the same character. I'm like, how did he survive the first one? <laughs> And when okay. did he have a kid? <laughs> like, when was he different working guy, for this guy? guy? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's a different character. Okay. Yeah. They just needed, yeah, I mean, honestly. recognizable face from yeah. the raid, too, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, well, the, the raid, too, dials all of the action to like 11. There are some really cool cinema. Like, I think raid, too. So, so, one thing about this about this movie, and I might as well make this to my final thoughts because why not? Um, this movie does gr- a great job on action and stunt work. And it tells a story through that action and stunt work that just needs a couple of sentences or a couple of glances or a couple of pictures to, to sell it. Um, the one thing I think that this movie kind of lacked on that they they dialed to 11 in Ray 2 um, was the use of camera um, and a lot of trickery that uh, we can talk about in the next episode. Um, but but this movie for me is just is is. The, the, the really good action movies that I've watched in the past, um, a lot of them, you can't just turn your brain off. Um, you can't just turn your brain off in, you know, anything from like Haywire or Born because you've got to listen to some government official be like, this guy is the most dangerous and blah, 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 blah. Um, this movie, you're just like, okay, I can turn my brain off and still have a story to follow. I can, I can watch this dude kill, I don't know, 70, 80 people. um and and i think this movie does such a good job of action storytelling and this is probably why like this movie set the bar for a lot of action set pieces in everything 
most notably John Wick, but you also have um, Netflix's Daredevil and how they treated uh, fight scenes. Um, you have, uh, what was the other big one that they did that I can't remember, escaped me momentarily. But I mean, like this movie was was so in, in, in important in shaping how action movies should be shot and the care and attention to detail that needs to be done to, to make it pay off. And I, and I think that's why it's one of my favorite action movies, action series, uh, hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's funny people don't talk about the influential martial arts movies so much because we hear a lot about influential this or influential that, but not so much from martial arts films, which is a little unfortunate. Now, I'm one of those guys who likes his brain on during a movie. But that said, I still still enjoyed this movie very much. I think it's a B-plus kind of film. It's, it's I mean, by no means a bad film. It's just the action scene is not really for me. But still, the story pretty good the themes are pretty good the action the 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 acting and everything the the twists and reveals like we said very efficient very effective i highly recommend it mm-hmm. um i do want to so what i'm going to do is mix not just my final thoughts but also my thoughts on the final scenes and then my final thoughts so um i do want to say like the reason i think i love this movie is because in the end and I did not expect Andy to survive like I I thought he would die like because you know they had established Rama as the guy like by that by that that time Jaffa is no longer there so he's the hero but it was like the way they did where where Andy Andy did survive was perfect because what they established is that my you know my big problem that I thought I was going to have with this movie is that you have this dichotomy between these cops and these gangsters and you're I thought it would be would be very simply like like lacking the nuance to acknowledge that the cops are the dirty ones and the gangsters who are also dirty there will be a lot of them who are just there because they had no other choice in life. And that's a very common theme all over the world, essentially, but like very much close to home for me because it is a Southeast Asian movie. Um, But then in the end, they have these two characters, both of whom are established as pretty much good people. Um, But one of them, he is now top dog of this whole like operation, Uh, at least like that's what is implied in the end of the movie. And the other one is, one of the only like two good cops left from that 20 person raid and these people they're not their establishments they are not the structures that they work under they are just people under that structure um having to do the things that they have to do but these two people love each other they are like good people you know like it's it's such a it's such a good nuanced take on that sort of thing because it never because it establishes the cops are bad it establishes the drug dealers are bad but then you have these individuals who are like yeah these people are still under those institutions because they have to be and i really like that nuance that they put into it and having those two parallel each other survive to the end basically as almost like a statement on like these are the guys like these are the good people and night and and it's not as simple as one of them loses, one of them wins because they're both in a situation where they can't really do as much as, you know, they don't have as much power, but they have triumphed. And I thought that was amazing. And um, overall, like, I think that's what really makes me love this movie more than the really great action scenes. Although I think that's what makes it like 
iconic. The action scenes are what make it iconic. Um, but I think like the fact that this story was what they chose to tell, the story in which like you have these characters who individually are good people, but also acknowledging this, this the infrastructure that they have to work under, which are not good in in just general sense. Like you don't think that the the people who who own a building to make and move drugs are good, and you don't think that the corrupt cops are good, but on both sides you have these characters who matter, who are who care about each other, and who like have in general like good spirit, good like um personalities and spirits to them so like that like it was very the themes were very good obviously the action is very good very fluid the people who were doing the action were amazing I love the fact that everyone just had a bolo because you know that's normal (laughs) yeah like I mean honestly um and yeah like overall and it, it it is like it has the mark of a great action film which is that the story never has to be that complicated but it does have to be very thoughtful. It does have to be very well thought out to make it simple for your audience. Like it wasn't simple because people were too stupid to write the story. It was simple (laughs) because they broke it down to its very bare essentials and gave you a near perfect telling of a movie in which they tell you exactly what they want to tell you and nothing more. And yeah, it's great. I, I, I love it. I started out hating it. Love it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, like this movie really raised the bar for action films for me, I'm both as a fan of martial arts and a fan of action films in general. Um, it is one of my favorite martial arts films, period. Um, and I think, like you said, I think this is one of those films that really showed that with action filmmaking, the simpler the story, the in my opinion, the more entertaining it can be if it's within like the 90 minute runtime that this movie is just a little longer than that, but that's fine. Um, you know, like movies like The Raid, like Dread, almost identical yeah, yeah. plot, almost like John Wick, where it's like you, it is a simple story, but the story is brought out and fleshed out through the world building and through the action. And I think that's the markings of a really great action film in this respect. I do agree that it is a more of a simple story. Um, knowing the history of this movie helps with that because The Raid 2, in my opinion, has the story and the complexities that Motsi was talking about. A lot of that is addressed. Um, most notably, the style of this film with the handheld uh, 185 ratio is completely changed in the second film. It's all sta- it's it's tripods and still shots and slow, like, you know, very, very different aesthetic. And I think for this film, that shows that this director, Gareth Evans, knows what he's doing. He knows the type of film that he's making here versus the type of film that he wants to make, which is the Raid 2. And I think that that why this film works so well is because it's like, this is the introduction to what I want to do. This is the showcase, me showcasing you what what the martial artists that I'm working with are capable of. This is where we want to take the action genre. This is what we have to add. And I think he's added so much value to this genre and really raised the bar to a point where I don't even think it's been matched. And even movies like John Wick, that are matching it are really just using these guys. <laughs> so I think <laughs> I think that's kind of amazing. And Keanu Reeves is, you know, he's he's keeping up with them, which I think is great. So uh yeah, I love this movie. I can't wait to talk about the raid two, obviously. Yeah. But but the raid one, uh Raid Redemption, 
is awesome for me. It's an eight out of 10. Um, I love Mike Shinoda's score too, which is mostly the US release. I, I haven't heard what the original score is like, but I do like this. Mm-hmm. I do like what he brought here. So adds adds to the, the, the pacing of this one. Also, so yeah. Just, yeah, and just a random thought, like it's amazing that they got this amazing, fantastic martial artist who is also leaving man handsome. <laughs> like you have like you know like like the fact that they found a guy who is like all this and then also he has a face for cinema because you have uh, characters like mad dog who is not leading man handsome he is handsome but like in a in a very like in a very like they got this guy because he's a martial artist like you know like he is a a, a master martial artist kind of look Whereas the whereas um Rama the character I'm like oh yeah no that's the guy because he has like leading man looks but also very subtle so like at first you're kind of like looking Pijaka who also has the lighter skin because that's kind of like a thing in like Southeast Asian cinema you want a leading man lighter skinned guy and then they just took him out and I'm like this is, this is cool. <laughs> what, I, what I love is that all of these guys have found success in Hollywood and other films because mm-hmm. of how good they are. Like Iko Uwais, I know, like who plays Rama, he's been he's been tapped to play in a lot of. Uh, he was in a movie with Mark Wahlberg. Um, he's been in uh, uh, he's been in other action films as well. Um, so he's doing really well. He was also him and uh, Mad Dog Yayan Ruhan, I think is how you say his name. They were in um, the sequel. Yeah, the sequel to Skyline. Well, yeah, they had the, the, the cameo in Star Wars, but um, they were in Beyond yes. Skyline, the sequel to that awful Skyline movie. But yeah. it was actually like what is quite entertaining. Joe Taslim uh, was in a movie called The Night Comes for Us, which is a Netflix original, which is also really a fantastic good. movie. Um, and he was Sub-Zero in the new Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. they, they've definitely um, uh, they've definitely had roles and, and steady work and uh one of my favorite characters julia stell in the ray 2 you're gonna meet her she's amazing so yeah well, I, i'm gonna stop talking about that yeah, yeah. I think uh, I we're gonna talk about that next week <laughs> yeah yes. you're gonna i mean then you get sad and then you realize that like the other half of the coin where they're like hey want to do the fight scenes for um uh what's it called birds of prey and you're like that's not as not as nice as the raid i had exceptions or or the fact they're going to make a remake on the american side of the raid well, they've been talking uh, about that for years they've been talking about that since the raid yeah. too i don't know if it's going to happen but no like like they the shouldn't inf- they well, shouldn't make it yeah i mean would chris evans and chris chris and leon hensworth being eyes at uh as the stars and you know. uh yeah no it's uh it, and even the, if they do make remake it it's not going to be at the level of this and that's okay whatever they can do what they want but I, I i love the fact that this has somehow kind of found its way into other action films like you said like birds of prey heavily influenced by this you know or or, or and, and and i like that I, I like seeing the how this film has kind of brought on changes in the action genre and i really pre- and so this is this is where for me it, it it kind of started so i'm i'm like i said i can't recommend this movie enough yeah definitely definitely worth watching go watch it it's great yeah it's a fantastic <laughs> movie um but yeah on that note uh soon we'll be talking about raid 2 and then we'll yeah, get the wait. next episode yeah, which one of then... us do you think could like suplex a guy into a door, door frame could or would or has uh could <laughs> but also maybe could? i mean i could I also could. <laughs> I have. Hey, what? Yeah. I mean, well, we that's, that's what? a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But on on a very related note, but right as we say goodbye, um, it is very cool to see street fights where people are like martial arts street fights. Look them up. Look up Cali street fights. Look at like I guess like this particular martial art. People just fucking on the street, just 
with swords and knives just yeah like real people rolling around with swords and knives i mean i've seen it because like so so my my brother he studied he had like he has three black belts but he studied uh gojiru uh karate which was karate that was influenced by like southern thai um so he had to learn he we have that's why i'm like oh i know where your kali stick is because like we have like four of them (laughs) so like he used like you know the basic starts where it's like one two three four one two exactly exactly yeah, and then eventually, like, I, I watched him, I'm going to tournaments and seeing him fight with Kali Sticks. So, like, I mean, it's, it is really cool to see. I do recommend you guys look that up. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen, like, the real, real ones where, like, you get hit and you go down. <laughs> see, when you get hit and it's height and it's, like, Ajime and you stop. But, anywho, that's a whole different conversation. So, yeah, thank you, everyone, uh, for, for tuning in uh, to this week. Uh, go watch the raid. Go watch good movies. Go watch raid too, because we'll talk about that yeah. as well. Yeah, we'll talk um, about that next week. So, yeah, yeah, all the action dialed to eleven. One of the best <laughs> action movies ever made. Oh man, double axes, <laughs> double axes. Oh man. Well, uh, guys... well, we don't want to hype it up too much because. You... <laughs> yeah, they might watch it and be like, "I hate this." Not this was like, garbage. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? <laughs> I love it, but yeah. Anyways, nice listening, guys. Uh, peace out. Much love. Take care. Much love. Take care. Yeah, peace. Merry Christmas. This is the, the first Christmas movie that we have covered. <laughs> the, yeah, the first Christmas movie in our line of Christmas movies is The Raid. <laughs> Wasn't that a conversation? Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, we love you all out there in podcast land. It's, uh, it's good times. Uh, we've had some, some fun doing this for the last almost two years. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I really hope you enjoy this conversation, and I hope you go out and watch The Raid if you haven't seen it yet. And I hope you go and watch Raid 2, because we'll be talking about that really soon as well. So overall, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We have all of our socials tagged, but if you need a reminder, check us out on Instagram and follow all of our posts at Plot Mechanics on Instagram. Uh, We can also find us... Uh, on Twitter at Plot Mechanics 4 uh, and on Facebook. Just search up Plot Mechanics. So either way, we love you. Take care. Peace out. Watch good movies. Cheers. <laughs>